Hey everyone, welcome to the Withering Effect episode 72. Today's date is November 22nd, 2020, and I am Duds, or Duds versus known to the rest of the interwebs. And I am Jimbo, you may know me as Jimbo Slice 23 and this week we actually have a guest. Hello. Omni, <laughs> welcome. Perfect. Hi. There he is. <laughs> you forgot to say my name. Hi. Yeah, Hello. well, I was trying to make like a dramatic, suspenseful... He he was too excited that the script was actually correct this week. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to come up with something good there. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't sure if you were talking about me. <laughs> I think I changed the script at the end of last episode. <laughs> and Carl's like, no, we actually have a guest this week, dummy. Change it back. <laughs> oh. It's like, yeah, I've had, the, I've had this script up for weeks. And I'm like, this isn't right. We don't have a guest. And we actually have one this week. Yeah. Now, you've been on the show before. Yep. Mm-hmm. For those who haven't uh, heard that episode, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Abney. I play Minecraft a lot. Uh, I uh, love to make mini games, and I play on the Ripple Effect server with Duds and Jimbo. And yeah, I'm the one who uh, sometimes causes chaos with uh, with games or fun or frustration or stuff like that. Yeah, chaos walrus. It shows for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, considering we're still playing a mini game you've made, mm-hmm. I keep checking back for maps or keys and stuff, and there's never any. You you won't find any. You have to ask people if they have any. I'm always by myself, and I'm on. There's no one else on. Someone left a book right next to my uh, the entrance of my shop. Yeah, no, I I've got the keys that don't match up. Uh, Me neither. I thought you were the one who had them, but maybe not probably the wrong place to ask but does the map lead to one location like all the maps or are they multiple locations spread out like the big main dungeon room um it depends there most of the maps lead to one specific location but there are three maps that lead to the same but with different entries entrances Mm. so the 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 one like where jimbo climbed up some lava he wasn't supposed to do that it was an overlook and an oversight on my part Ah. And it was uh, supposed to come from a different entrance. You didn't count on Jimbo proofing your game. Exactly. <laughs> but that's that's something that we can talk about later. But uh, it's about like playtesting and thinking about every eventuality, mm-hmm. everything that can happen. Yeah. Before we get into that, we usually start with uh, stuff we worked on this past week. Yeah. Is there anything you can talk about without giving away spoilers? Because obviously you're back into YouTube. Yeah, I released my first uh, Let's Play video in almost a year i looked at it and the last one was uh late december wow so yeah i was pretty happy to finally be able to record some minecraft stuff uh but yeah i've been working on on my base uh i have a small island where i built a small cute little house uh but then uh i i kind of realized that i don't have a lot of space so i found a way to add more a larger more more building area to my base. Mm-hmm. So that's com- that, That's what's coming for the, the next episode. Nice. Jimbo, how about yourself? What have you been working on this week? Um, I was just finishing up some detail at my base. Not much base work. I haven't been on very much lately. But I, I when I get on, I realize how much material I don't have <laughs> that I need. So a lot of the time when I mm-hmm. get on, I'm grinding for materials. I'm sitting AFK at a pigman farm to get quartz or, I don't know, something, anything along those lines just to grab some the blocks I need, and that's taken mm. up most of the time when I do get on. So what you're saying is you need to hire somebody to AFK your farms for you. No, it's not even my farm. I just found <laughs> one. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here. Who's this? I'm going to sit here. That's a new shop idea. <laughs> there you go. I'm telling you, I'd be all for it. <laughs> Give me a diamond block and I'll sit at your farm for an afternoon. But I do uh I do want to record this week. I haven't recorded in like four weeks now. I haven't recorded anything. Shame on you guys. Yeah, I've I've been, you know, like I said, I get on there and I'm like, well, I can't record anything because I don't have what I need <laughs> to record anything. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm getting to the point though to where everything's kind of caught up. I've uh come across some things, uh some farms I can build. In, in my base, so mm. more content coming. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm getting there this week, too. This week, 
it's probably the most recording I've done in a week. And like the episodes aren't anything special. Like I built a flower farm, which is a simple enough farm, but the creative blocks I've been having have been really like, no, don't put that block there, dummy. That looks ugly. Like that's basically what everything's been this past week. Uh, and then the fact that I was able to kind of push through that. And I think my flower farm actually came out pretty nice. And now I'm working like on the main base, which was the real struggle because I've had the dome in place. I've had the hole in place. Now it's make it not look like a giant hole with glass above it. And I'm starting to place blocks now. I was talking to Omni last night. I was, as I was playing, I choose the stupidest blocks to build with. <laughs> like, I ended up going through close to, I think, 20 stacks of cyan terracotta last night. <laughs> Ouch. And, uh, yeah, it's like, w one, why are you choosing terracotta? Concrete comes in, like, so much easier forms. And then it's like, oh, you you want a gray color? You should definitely choose concrete. That's a way better block to get the gray color with. No, I'm going to use cyan terracotta. Luckily, I built my flower farm. Yeah, because cyan's easy to get. <laughs> Yeah, so I was able to get more than enough blue, but I'm walking around going, I need cactus. I thought I had like mm -hmm. two stacks of cactus, but I guess I had already used it. And then uh, so I went and I sat at Spawn Town because I know Carl has a small cactus farm there. And I sat there for three hours and I ended up with 32 cactus. And I was like, this is not going to work. So I basically went to a desert and harvested all the cactus and then replace, uh, replanted a bunch of cactus in hopes when somebody's going around digging up sand that the cactus will regrow and I can harvest it again for later. A cactus farm is definitely going to be uh, in the books probably next episode. <laughs> yeah. Those are always good for like XP also. Yeah. Right. And that's what I was kind of waiting on because my XP farm from last season, it would be perfect for this base this season, but I, I have to build it first. Yeah. And no one's selling cactus. Mm-mm. No one ever sells cactus. That that could be something. <laughs> Lynn could sell cactus in her little uh, bonsai farm, a uh, bonsai shop. Yeah. I remember last season, we had a cactus farm in Spawn Town that filled up like four double chests. So anytime I needed cactus, I could just go to Spawn Town and grab a couple. <laughs> yeah. And I was good to go. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did. I went yeah, there. right. I grabbed cactus there. Yeah, they're always nice. Oh, and my wandering trader shop's been like, Raking in some diamonds, it feels good. Really? Yeah. All my little random things I sell. I need to buy. Do you still have unbreaking books? I, I do. Need to buy some. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm limited in stock, but I, my plan is this episode to restock it. So cool. The only thing that probably won't get restocked is netherite, just because I'm tired of digging netherite. Yeah, I I can see why. <laughs> Can't blame you. Yeah, that's been my week. Should we move on to some news since we don't have a lot of it? Yeah. Jimbo was like, do we have to talk about the news? <laughs> no snapshot this week. There were two texture changes from what it looks like. Uh, the Skulk texture got a little bit more blue, a little less green. And the Tough texture changed. Um, they were complaining that it was a little too blurry beforehand. I didn't really see that. Um, I think the new texture looks a lot like snake scales, which freaks me out because I don't do snakes. <laughs> I thought it looked a lot like cobble. Yeah. I mean, there's very yeah. subtle difference. Yeah, it looked like, like I don't know, cobbled andesite. So. Yeah. Co cobble shape with andesite texture, basically, or yeah. andesite color. Kind of curious if we're going to be able to, like, get a smooth variant of those or, like, a brick variant of the mm -hmm. tough and the... Cows, calcite is that what calcite, it is yeah yeah i'm kind of curious if we'll get different variants of that as of right now we don't have stairs or slabs in those blocks either i'm i'm mm. guessing we will i mean it's a type of stone i don't see why we would have smooth stone stairs and slabs or cobblestone stairs and slabs not mm -hmm. none for these ones and we have stone cutters yeah should be able to cut that going back to the concrete argument <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that too but I, I, I kind of like the new tough textures better than the others. It's okay. I'm excited to, like, see it in person, in place. Mm -hmm. Again, I haven't really been playing on the snapshots because I'm kind of waiting till we convert over and really get into it. 
And depending how many of those crystal caves are going to be generating, like the, the tough and the calcite uh, blocks are going to be limited in that case. Yeah. So there's not going to be too many of those, as I can tell. Which is why we need an archaeologist. Archaeologist? Yeah, words. That's right. They're tough on Sunday morning. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We need one of those guys who can trade those blocks. Huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now you can get renewable. Anyways, in other news, we did have a demo of stalactites. I think that's right. The ones that hang from the ceiling. Showing those things breaking. Uh, if you put TNT above them, they do like break uh, a good distance width-wise. It almost looked like it was an eight-diameter explosion, and uh, not all the stalactites broke and fell. You know how when like you TNT a tree, every bit of that tree you blew up will fall into pieces. Now how that became a new thing. Yeah, it didn't seem to happen with the stalactites. Most of it fell. But it seemed like some of them mm-hmm. didn't. So I'm wondering if the whole uh, stalactite, no matter the length, is just still considered one entity and not multiple. Mm-hmm. So like when we have sugarcane, it's when it's fully grown, it's three tall, it's three entities, and you can break it in the middle and still have one. This kind of seemed like even if it was three tall and it broke, it was still just considered one. But yeah, it's also like instant death when it falls on you. Yeah, I was going to say that. I I wasn't... Wear your hard hats. Yeah. <laughs> I, ca- I can't remember if they had, like, full diamond enchanted armor or netherite in that case. Wasn't it on zombies? Yeah, I saw it on zombies, and there, they weren't wearing any armor. Well, there was a little demo of... I can't remember who it was. One of the developers were in in the uh, one of those oh, caves, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it um, fell on him. I think it was Henrik. Yeah. Yeah, that's who it was. And he died instantly. Like I said, I don't know what kind of armor he had on either. It might have been weak armor. Yeah. So we're still not positive. Either way, I think stalactites and stalagmites are pretty cool. And uh, I'm excited to see them in caves. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right, moving right along. We we don't have any listener comments this week. You guys were kind of quiet. So we're going to move on to a Discord ad from Link. Link, take it away. Miners and crafters, this is Link. Come and join me on the Withering Effect Discord. It's a great place to hang out with the people that work on the show and other fellow listeners like yourselves. The link is in the show notes. Join today and let's discuss the game we love. Alright, thanks again Link for reading our Discord ad. Remember Discord's the only place you guys can vote for a block of the week, which is getting a big upgrade at the start of the new year. Woohoo! I say big upgrade. I, I hope it's a big upgrade. <laughs> we're, we're running out of blocks, as you guys will be able to tell by the choices this week, being crafting table, detector rail, and tripwire hook. And the winner of block of the week this week is... Detector rail. Very close. What were you guys thinking? Yeah, well... Those options are kind of difficult, Yeah, I would say. (laughs) Um, The detector rail won with 25 votes, tripwire had 11 votes, and crafting table had one less vote with 24. So it was very tight. I think yesterday or early today it was tied. It was tied as of Saturday night when I was... So I wrote up most of the show Saturday morning. And then I came back Saturday night to do the block of the week segment and it was tied and I went, Carl, man, is tied. And he had to do his number generator thing for detector mm-hmm. rail to win. So he may have put the extra vote on detector rail just so it was a visual winner. A few things on the detector rail. It's crafted with six iron ingots, a pressure plate and one redstone dust. It is a block that can transport mine carts and can be used as a switchable redstone power source. Detector rail activates when it any minecart is on it. Uh, it can be mined with a pickaxe, but also by hand. Only found naturally in loot chests, mainly in like mine shafts or things of that nature underground. It's usually where I find them. And uh, mobs avoid walking across these and any other rails also. Pretty cool feature. Now comes the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, improving the detector rail. Omni, I'm going to let you go first because you said you had one 
and we realize we have two different ones. So uh, I'm not sure how useful it could be. Um, I really don't actually think it would be any use, but detecting the speed, so sending out a uh, redstone signal with the power proportional to how fast the minecart is going. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how we could do that because uh, we already used the comparators for the uh, the, the the inventory minecarts. But yeah, something like that. It's the only idea that I had this morning when I mm-hmm. looked at it and I thought, hey, I might need to contribute to that. And I can't contribute to it because I couldn't <laughs> think of anything. I also went into our Discord chat and no one really brought up an improvement for it. So it, it's a very tough block to come up with ideas. Uh, the first improvement, make Rails 3D textures. Hmm. Heck, make more 3D textures, period, Yeah. in Minecraft. Uh, it's my one gripe with Minecraft is they do a lot of this, what I call paper texture, where they just do like this cross-looking texture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very hard to explain in a podcast without visuals. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You see it on the stalactites now, how it's just a 2D texture with a cross section. Mm-hmm. Um, rails are flat ladders are flat no let's let's finally bring in some 3d that's the first thing i do uh, on vanilla tweaks is i go in and i click the 3d textures because a flat ladder just looks weird and then flat rails just look horrible so yeah i do 3d textures and then my second improvement would be instead of a stone pressure plate allow you to craft it with weighted pressure plates so that it would have the same effect. So like mm. a minecart chest going over a weighted detection rail wouldn't go off unless it had so many items in it. Okay. Eh? But we already kind of have the, the one thing that you did, that you just said is we kind of have that because we can count the number of items or we can detect the number of items in a, in a chest minecart or a uh, hopper minecart. With a comparator. Oh, same difference. If you put a comparator next to the, the detector rail, it's going to output a signal proportional to uh, to the item. So you could work that out for right now with what we have. Yes. And I'm just trying to save blocks. So instead of having to do math with the comparator to get it, mm-hmm. say you really want uh, nine stacks of items to always stay in this hopper minecart. So instead of having to use the comparator to do math to determine whenever it has over nine stacks to run, you would have like a weighted pressure plate that would do that kind of for you. This is hard, pretty much, is what you're trying to say. It took an hour and a half to come up with that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) No, it's fine. It just shows you like we're getting down to some really nitty gritty blocks. I mean, crafting yeah. table was the runner up. How are you supposed to make a crafting <laughs> table better? I mean, it is the end all be all table in Minecraft. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I have no idea how how we do improve the crafting table either, so. Yeah. I do like the the 3D textures idea. I do the same thing with vanilla tweaks. I get the all the 3D textures. I think trapdoors is one of them too that look mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. The detector rail is really not too much it could do. I mean, it has that function. So, I mean, I don't see what other function you could put to it. I mean, other than the powered rail, I would call it probably the most important rail mm-hmm. just because of how useful it is on contraption stuff. Like, all my auto furnaces run with detector rails. Like, without those, they wouldn't work. That's because I'm weird and I don't like my minecarts going back and forth and I don't have anything in them. I I do. It's a very valid point. Mm-hmm. It's noisy. That's that's what I keep getting on Jimbo. Every time I go into his automated furnaces, he just has the the switch yep. and it runs till he decides to turn it off. And I'm just like, oh, b- button, detector rail. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah. <laughs> nah. Let's put a button on there. Yeah, I would like to use... Uh, the detector rail within my uh, smelter. I was thinking of this and uh, maybe have like lights going off as soon as it turns on. The minecart starts going, it hits detector rails. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I have like just some animation 
of like maybe machines working as the everything's smelting. Yeah. Kind of like a factory type of look. Thought that'd be a pretty cool idea. The only problem you would have with that is if, because obviously your rails are on top of minecarts, right? Yeah, or hoppers. Or hoppers, yeah, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. The detector rail would lock the hopper it's running over, so it wouldn't input anything into that hopper. Right, can't do that. But it was a cool idea. I really like that idea. It's just, it it won't work. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it will now. Now Now that you said that. I'm sorry, Jimbo. Blame Omni. He he ruined my weighted pressure plate idea. So so now I gotta blame you. I didn't do anything. It wasn't even me. <laughs> well, this is what listeners need to know. You can't use a detector rail on hoppers. <laughs> now everyone knows that. Yeah. Even me. Because as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, that that would be a cool idea. And then I was just like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. I don't know. Because the trick to using powered rails on hoppers is to power it using like that quasi connectivity bs Mm -hmm. yeah all that good jazz should we move on because this week's block of the week was kind of (laughs) depressing yeah we drug that out as much as we could (laughs) uh yeah so omni obviously you're known as the mini game master really on our server okay on the server thank you yeah (laughs) (laughs) that that was a lot of pressure now what you just said (laughs) I'm going to hold, I still hold Tango Tech in probably the highest mini game regards. Yeah, that's where my mind went and was like, no, please don't say that. And it's definitely on the server. Tango heard this, he'd be like, what now? Who's the best? <laughs> Who's that guy? I'm going to shove a Ravager down your throat. You want to fight? <laughs> but you built very impressive mini games. Thanks. I always go back to the escape room mm-hmm. that it's. Definitely my all-time favorite room you've done. I, I think it's because I think me and Bank were the only ones to get through it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else did. I did not. I got stuck in there. I think I tried to do it on stream for like a half hour. I didn't make it past the first part, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, man. But I, I, I try to avoid watching you duds to f- try to figure yeah. it out myself. So I really didn't get to see how it was done. Yeah, I, I did make a video of me solving it just to show that well first of all to show that it could be solved because there were rumors about the fact that i would make games that were unbeatable <laughs> but yeah and uh, the, the it, i really like that game too the only very annoying part is that i uh right when i started i decided that it i would have to reset it manually because it would have been so complicated to reset it mm-hmm uh, to to uh, make it so that it resets itself, I'm I'm not even sure it would have been possible. And it was kind of a ten or twelve minute timer that you had to beat the game, so it uh, it was uh, kind of hard to play it like multiple times. So you had like ten minutes to beat it. If you didn't, you had to go out. I had to reset it, and then and it took like ten maybe t- another ten minute to reset it because mm-hmm. I. Always wanted to be sure to not forget anything, and then you could go back and try it. So that was the 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 big problem with that that game. Automating mini games is always the hardest part because you want multiple plays for players, mm-hmm. but at the same time you're like, that's not gonna work. Yeah, and I really wanted it to be like a multiple play, like kind of like a real escape game. You have a specific amount of time to. Uh, to solve it, otherwise you well uh, after that you you get kicked out. If you want to try it again, you have to come back after that. And I, I really wanted to have that feeling instead of just you're locked in that room for any time you want and you do whatever you want in that room. It can take you four hours. So you had and I think that that's that actually helped you. I think because you you left the game, uh, you thought about it like okay, what can we do? We have that thing. We have that gold pl- pressure plate. We have that iron block. What can we do with that? How can we, like, just throwing the block on the plate does not work, etc. And that was the, the, I think, the biggest challenge was to uh, craft items from the iron to have more items to throw on the the uh, the gold pressure plate. If you remember uh, what it is, uh, but yeah, it was one of the challenges in the in the game. So I think that leaving the game and having to think about it outside of the game really. Uh, help the, the the experience, I think. You say that. I lost many nights sleep 
trying to figure out how to beat that game. <laughs> okay, that was not my intention, but uh, I'll take it in a positive way. Uh, what was it? When we finally uh, beat it, it was a sigh of relief because I wasn't sure if I could ever figure out some of the stuff. I remember the having to crawl through the minecart uh, track. <laughs> and I want to say oh, that it was Omni wouldn't left this hole big enough for no reason. Like I was like, he would have thought about this. <laughs> so it was, it, that was that one was kind of luck. Um, the first room was always the hardest room. I think Bank solved most of the first room, and I just kind of went along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And then the second room was where I was able to solve some stuff. But even then, that was just kind of a let's see what this button does. Yeah, there was a lot of trial and error, and uh... it's like pulling all the levers. Yeah. I can't remember how many times we actually had to go into that room. I think it was up to five times we had you reset it for us. Mm, I want to say it was more than that. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I would have said something, maybe eight, something like that. I um, Well, now you yeah, see why I lost sleep. It's been a really long while. I definitely want to do some more mini games this season. I haven't started. I know we have a mini games area, but I've never been there. Oh, there's nothing. There's not much there yet. Uh, I want to start working on on that area again this uh, this season, so I'm gonna start over there pr- uh, pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I got one in mind. I guess I should just say it so no one takes it. It's a bow shoot mm-hmm. course. Well, that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about because it seems like about fifty percent of mini games are bow target games, mm-hmm. um, just because they seem to be racing or racing game. They they seem yeah. to be. Like the easy go to way, and every time someone does one, like I'm pretty sure I have a bow game in my head too, Jimbo, and I'm pretty sure our two bow games are different, even though the premise is still the same. You need to be able to hit that target in a certain amount of time, and you win. Mm-hmm. Mine's a little different. Mine's based on like the the real life bow shoot because I, you know, I shoot a a long bow, traditional long bow, and I'm I want to kind of match the real life game. That's what. Uh, that's the idea. It's pretty cool. Gotcha. Well, I'll come up with something else. Actually, I, I, <laughs> I don't really have much of. A, I had a mini game for the final season of Comic Craft that used the minecarts that go back and forth. You shoot. I really like that game, not because of the game itself. The game itself is just kind of bland. Oh, I shot minecarts and it works. For me, it was the reset mechanism that I was able to auto reset it without any manual help. Which is what I found more fun. But uh, just to get back on that, because you, you kind of felt disappointed that you, you wanted to have another kind of game. But it's uh, th- it's one of the things with, with minigames is that the premise can be the same. Like you shoot a bow at something, but you can do it in a completely different way. Yeah. Like if you, is, is your target uh, static or mobile? That's a big difference. What are you doing mm-hmm. while you're shooting? Are you shooting while you're falling? Are you shooting while you're standing? Are you shooting while you're in the minecart? Uh, that that changes a lot of, of things. Uh, is it timed or is it like you have to do it as fast as possible or you have like 10 seconds to shoot as many targets as you can? These are all completely different games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good point. So from the same premise of shooting something. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure you can come up with something. Well, yeah, now I have a new idea in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm here. That's why you're here. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go into it. How do you come up with your ideas for minigames? I mean, because you have some, like, you just think about the, what I call the 3D maze last season, the treetop mm-hmm. maze. It's like, how do you come up with ideas like that? Yeah, it's it's hard to uh, to really explain because an idea is just an idea, so you can't you can't force an idea. Uh, but the the the, uh, the different ways that I can come up with well, one is uh, exactly what Jimbo said uh, earlier when he talked about his own uh, shoot bow, bow shoot game. Uh, you think of a game in real life that exists or something that you like to do, mm-hmm. and then you find a way to transfer it into the game, or Kind of the same way, but you think of something that already exists in in Minecraft. So, like uh, Tango Text decked out. Well, how can I how can I put a little twist on it? How can I put my own twist on on that game? Or what will I do with that? Or what does it inspire in me a game like that? 
which is kind of uh, one of my first games was the the Obnitator when I was back uh, on uh, Impulse SV's patron server. Uh, it was one of my first games. It was my second game, but my first real game. And it was uh, inspired by Tango Tech's uh, Tangler, which he had done. The, f- the one that actually inspired me was before he was on Hermitcraft. Mm-hmm. It was on the Moonlight mm-hmm. server, and he had done a game like that. And my own twist on it was, well, I'm going to make it two players. So each player is going to affect the other one's gameplay, and they're going to have to solve it together. Yeah. So that's kind of... I took a game that already existed, and I, I put my own twist on it. And um, the other way, uh, completely different, like the opposite of that is uh, the way that, that I find games is I look at a game mechanic and I think, how can I put that in a game? What game could I make around that mechanic that I want to play with? Yeah. So just to, like, to clarify that, like an example that I could give was uh, a game that didn't really work all that well, but the, it was a um, kind of a minecart maze. So you had to hit some targets, some uh, some detector rails, actually. The, you had to hit them in a specific order and then reach the end to get to the, to the next level and then hit them in a different order and avoiding traps at the same time. So the idea was just, well, I want to make a game that involves minecarts or in playing around with switching the rails mm-hmm. to, to have a certain path or a different path. And I thought, well, how can I make that game into, like, now, how can I make a, a game out of it? When, uh, and then I thought, yeah, well, you have to go through certain objectives in a certain order. And then we can, I figured out that we could change the order, like the, the memory circuits. You could change the order that uh, that you uh, you hit that, that you have to hit them in, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of the uh, the how that one game appeared. So I just thought of a game mechanic. I had no idea for what I wanted to do, but just just the game mechanic that I wanted to play with. When you hinted at it a little bit, like what's your process for walking through like, hey, I've got this idea for a game. Now, how do I implement it? Do you have kind of a step-by-step process you normally go through or is it just kind of, oh, I'm going to start playing some blocks and see how this goes? Uh, I usually start just with the the idea. Uh, it's, it, these two little, these two approaches that I described earlier, uh, they sometimes also kind of fit well together. Like you have an idea for a mechanic and you have an idea for a game and you figure out that, yeah, they can go well together. So I just, I, I have a, uh, a Google Doc, uh, Google uh, document uh, op- with all my ideas for mini games and I just write down. Sometimes it's just like a title or a description, like a one sentence description. Uh-huh. And sometimes it just stays there. And sometimes uh, I just look back at it and try and figure out, yeah, what can I do with that? And I, um, since there's never really any rush, it's never like an order that I get. So I just let things simmer. Like I leave these ideas in the back of my brain. And when I have like a spark of genius or like a, or just an, another idea how I could make things happen. Epiphany. Yeah, epiphany. Thank you. It's a bit less, uh, less uh, arrogant than spark of genius. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have that and I, I, just think of what it could, uh, what could happen with that, and then you have to like go through the, the the designing process after that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of redstone involved in these mini games, and uh, I'm always impressed about your redstone skills. I always thought yeah. they're underrated, and how you you know make everything work. Yeah, in the process of these games, also. It's it's always usually quite simple. It's, it's like item filters and wiring things and end gates or or gates or stuff like that. It's not like the same thing that I mentioned last time I was here, but it's not like what Whitey Whitey does with her doors or what Cass does with his uh, huge inventory management systems or, well, storage systems, I should say. Right. But yeah, I I kind of specialized in making things look like, well, making things simple and easy to hide in something that looks good yeah a lot of it is just like knowing circuits if you know so many circuits yeah you can come up with you know something different like put certain circuits together makes a whole new circuit and uh that's kind of what i go with when i do my redstone one thing that i still want to add is that to make a mini game you don't need to know redstone in order to start making a game 
for, well, two reasons. Some games don't require any redstone. A maze doesn't necessarily require uh, any redstone. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the 3D maze earlier, Dads, uh, mm-hmm. the one that the platform maze that you had to jump around different platforms. There, there was no redstone involved. Or a parkour game doesn't need to have any redstone. It, it can have redstone, but it doesn't need to. And if you have an idea for a game, you shouldn't like think, uh, I'm not going to do that because I don't know enough redstone. No, that's an opportunity to, to, to learn redstone because you can pretty much do anything. Mm-hmm. In specific circumstances, of course, like you can't have just one flying block that moves around randomly. That that can't happen, but you can still do pretty much anything with redstone. So it's a good opportunity to learn. And that's how I learned how to do redstone. My first redstone projects were games, were mini games. Yeah, I built that Rainbow Road last season. Mm -hmm. There was two things I put redstone in, and that was the starting button. You know, it does the countdown, beep, 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 and everyone goes. Mm-hmm. Most of it was just ice. I put a, a waterway obstacle in there. And then one of the difficult parts was making the ice pop up and down mm-hmm. as an obstacle as you go through the course. Um, just a little section. And I didn't know how to do it or where to start, but I ended up figuring it out. And still, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. It still didn't work right. I mean, after a while, um, all the pistons would be powered. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good opportunity to, to learn some reason. I think it, it was like working constantly, right? Yeah, it was always on. Yeah, that's probably why, because I did do a lot of moving back and forth out of that area last season. In and out of that, that, of that place. So uh, yeah, it, it's probably what broke it. Yeah, chunk loading was probably a problem. Speaking of of, uh, of uh, racetracks, it's another another kind of game that requires, as you said, basically no redstone. In first season of, of Ripple Effect, uh, Carlock and Megu built a racetrack that had no redstone. Oh, right. Carlock and Megu, for those of you who know them, yeah. they just make huge farms, enormous farms, and they are both like redstone geniuses. Mm-hmm. They made a game that didn't involve any redstone because they didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. The beauty about like racing games that I like is you could play with multiple people or by yourself. It's still a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very important part. There's different ways to race. Like You have your ice road. Uh, you can do horse races. Mm-hmm. We now have striders you can ride on. Yep. That's always a cool idea. Yeah, there's different ways to race. There's also uh, lighter courses. We are not going to have Strider racing on the server, are we? Probably. Uh, I can definitely say that we're going to have something. Uh, there's something in the works right now about something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm not going to say too much about it, but yeah, there's uh, definitely a Strider race track on the <laughs> server right now. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Talking about the server and designing mini games, like that's one thing you have to consider. Me and a couple of people on the server have talked about, like, hey, let's rebuild decked out. But when you look at it, our server is not large enough with as many active members for it to be worth putting the massive amount of time into building a game like that. Exactly, that's really something that you have to take into consideration. Who's going to be playing it? So you can make a plan something like I'm going to make a game. That involves eight players, but when are you gonna get eight players at the same time? So are, do you are you sure that you're gonna get enough players to to do that? Right. Like I remember on on Hermitcraft a few seasons back, Joe Hills was making a D and D game. He was re- making a castle from I think Castle Ravenloft, so a kind of haunted castle, and he wanted to run a D and D game with a bunch of other. You know, professional Minecrafters full, who do that for a living full time, mm-hmm. and he couldn't. So it's always something that you have to take into consideration, like how much involvement of your your player base is gonna be required to uh, to uh, for for your game to to be played. So reach out ahead of time, maybe ask yeah other members if they would like like something like this or get involved. That's always important. Yeah. You you have to plan the events, but then again, if you plan an event that's going to be like a six-hour thing, it's still even 
if you reach out to people in in advance, it's going to be super hard to get that the, the those people. Mm-hmm. The one of the example that I can think of is uh, Decoy made a mini game, and well, Card Carl made a mini game also. Then both of them were multi multiplayer. So Carl made a uh, a battle arena with crossbows, mm-hmm. uh, and Decoy had a game where you had to throw some die in the middle and you shoot each other where you were in, in minecarts and you had to shoot each other and throw dice and stuff like that and and yeah both both games were multiplayer and we really had to plan a specific event and there was five of us uh and we played both games it was super fun but it was super sad that we couldn't play them before that but then again it wasn't like it was just hard to get people involved into that I remember I was looking forward to playing both those games so much, <laughs> and then both right. times came to play both, the, and it's like, I have stuff I have to do. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah, we all have real lives, and that's something that we really need to take into consideration. Like my, uh, again, last season, and that's something that really influenced my game, the, the, the big game that I'm running this season, but last season, uh, I was making dungeons around my base, and I wanted to get people involved into like the the development of my entire area, but it didn't really work because people didn't have the time to come and to come play. And I think people maybe didn't realize how, like what what time it would take to play the game. So maybe people were like intimidated or thinking that like it would take too long. I can spend three hours in that place. Well, it would have been maybe I don't know like half an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so like my entire plan kind of fell apart. <laughs> for that so i kind of changed the entire thing had i kept the same kind of idea but instead i made it so like so you you buy a map and you do that whenever you want whenever you can it's a, a lot more like you're a lot more free to 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 do it whenever you can mm-hmm. so it's uh again something that you really have to take in, into consideration yeah well i'm taking uh new features and stuff into consideration we have 117 coming and i think that's going to bring a new i don't know how sneak is going to be a very important thing in 117 how do you think that's gonna transfer into some mini games we've already heard tango tech saying decked out two's coming with 117 yeah Uh, uh, with wardens of course it's uh Uh uh-huh um yeah i really like the addition of the, the the warden it's a very different kind of mob. It's a very tough mob that's already hostile and that you can... There's a specific way to avoid it that's meant to be avoided, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like Tango's uh, decked out with the, the Ravagers, but still a bit different. Um, but for the the Skulk sensors, I, like the mechanics about really the, the, the vibrations, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how it applies because... Uh, it's still something like if you set a trap and you want like the players to fall into that trap, but they just have to bring a lot of snowballs and throw them around all the time and you will uh, set off all the traps before you should. True. You can break all the traps with just bringing snowballs or shooting an arrow with an infinity bow. You can do that as much as you want. <laughs> Very true. So that's one thing that I really... Uh, I really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it's gonna work exactly and how it can be implemented. Uh, but other than that, the other new features are kind of, kind of interesting. We can really see that they they thought of people who made mini games. Like they said, they thought of different types of ways to to play the game, and it really shows because you have so many things that are kind of like traps and stuff that can work in mini games, like the the, the drip leaves. Which is the, the the kind of leaf that if you stand on it for too long, it it breaks and then it comes back. It's that's obviously a parkour thing. Yeah. So it's it's really cool that they brought something like that. The only thing that I think is well, it's, it's the only bit of a problem that I see with that is that it's uh it's very specific. It's a specific timing, and you cannot adjust the time that it takes to decay or the time that it takes to reset. As a player, you can't really, as far as I know, you can't really work. On, on that so we have like set times mm-hmm. for that but it's, it's still pretty pretty cool and powder snow and stalactites are going to be cool for traps also i think mm-hmm. let's not forget we had the target block last update too yeah but i personally i wasn't a big fan of the target block because 
it's like an accuracy based block mm -hmm. for something that's random or that's at least a little randomized yeah that's the one thing that really bugs me so getting a uh, 15 power it's not a matter of talent because you could have been what you, you could have been off and the, the the randomization sent it straight in the middle mm -hmm. yeah i agree so that's one of the things that kind of bugs me about the um, the the target block but i still found a way to uh to really use it for listeners that don't know arrows are completely random you can hold your cursor completely perfectly still and fire multiple times and they will land all over the place that's what we're talking about yeah I still found a way to use the target block in in a way that I really like is that you you accumulate kind of points the the closer to the center you are the more points you get mm -hmm. and you need to reach a certain amount of points to uh to clear something it's going to be included in a future mini game that I have in mind uh but yeah I uh other than that the target block itself is not I don't think it's that interesting to me personally I think it's got more uses in Redstone lately than it has in actual mini games. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot more useful as a Redstone component that can redirect current and yeah, totally. Which is well, it's a it's a cool added feature. <laughs> mm -hmm. But one thing that I, is very cool, it, I think I saw a cast from Mezuma Game Channel um, do that. But it's uh, since the, the the target block can be moved. So you can have moving targets with target blocks, which you could not have with uh, with buttons. Mm -hmm. So a moving target that sends a redstone signal. So not just you shoot like a moving minecart or something like that. So that's a very interesting feature that I, I'm probably going to take advantage of at one point. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Now, talking about 117 and this, the deep dark and these skulk sensors, just going into that cave is kind of like a mini game. Yeah in itself just going in there and try to sneak through and get your snowballs like you said was an example mm -hmm. trying to get around him and get to the loot that in itself they kind of give you that with the new with the new update yeah like yeah, some i'd say better dungeons that what the ones that we are used to having like the jungle temple and the desert temple that mm -hmm. once you know what's in in it you won't get caught in any of the traps yeah the the one thing that I think is a very, very big challenge for stuff like that, some kind of dungeon-level design, is that it's still Minecraft, so we can still break blocks and place blocks. Yeah. So, for example, if you look at the the end cities, uh, for some reason, I used to always try and do them with, like, doing the parkour and hiding from the, the, the shulkers, until I kind of realized that, yeah, I can just add blocks and make a staircase or add some blocks and make a wall to protect myself. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's one of the big challenges that I think they have to to, to deal with. Uh, something that they uh, quite obviously dealt with uh, in the um, ocean monuments when they added the, the uh, mining fatigue effect. Mm -hmm. That's like kind of obviously to prevent players from just ripping through the walls. and So you, so you have to really go through the, the dungeon. Yeah, that's a good point. Second, how much better your in-city strategy was than me just yelling at the shulkers, shoot me so I can fly up there and kick your butt. <laughs> yeah, but it still took me some time to realize that, yeah, no, I can't. It's Minecraft. I know it's a, kind of a dungeon, but I, it's Minecraft. If I'm here to, to gather some stuff, I'm just going to gather it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, a big challenge that they, they have to work with, and I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing how they deal with it, because like with the the warden it looks like it's super big so what if you just do the the enderman trick of being under a two block high platform and shooting it with a bow yeah like is, is it is that going to work i assume it's not going to work but it's still a kind of a cheesy way to to beat the that boss what if the warden could punch through blocks you know how kind of the dragon can fly through a lot of the blocks in the in island yeah what if he can punch through blocks that would be crazy <laughs> <laughs> i uh yeah that would be very cool just scared myself imagine being on the surface and a warden just like come up from the ground punch it through blocks because it heard you 
on the surface. That would be nuts. <laughs> yeah, breaks your entire base. Jimbo, what did we tell you about giving ideas to... That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so is there a, a favorite mini game that you've made, or a least favorite? Um, I think that uh, it's it's hard to say because there's so much that uh, that I... Well, they, they, they all have a little something, you know? So I think of my my first one, the the Omnitator, was uh, it's it's the first one. It's the one that's got me started in, in mini games. So it's it it's it's got a little place in my heart for 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 that. And I mm. did have like some big challenges. I had to deal with like Xnor gates and stuff like that. I I really didn't want to make things easy for me for my first mini game. So that one was very cool. Mm-hmm. I love the. The platform maze, the reception that it had, the people, the, how people appreciated or did not appreciate it was quite, quite fun to see. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, all the, seeing all the challenges in the, 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 the escape the room game was also a lot of fun. It's, 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 it's really hard to just pick one. Yeah. That, uh, that you, it's, it's like picking your favorite child. <laughs> I think every parent knows that you, you they have one, but you, you don't want to say Timmy. it. Or it's hard to, to... Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm not a parent, so I don't know if uh, that's how it works. I've been told that parents have favorite childs. How about you, Jimbo? You're a parent. No comment. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. I didn't want to throw you under the bus. That's fine. I think on that bombshell, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, but before Jimbo reads us out, I want to say a huge thank you to all of our patrons who are supporting the show. Our milk level patrons are Omni, there you go. Hey, Chief Big Bear, Croc, Fragile Rock, Obeep, Stone Figure, the official CCL, Vipers Tuna, and Whitey Whitey. If you too would like to get access to exclusive benefits and hours of extra content each month, please consider joining at Patreon.com/slash/TheWitheringEffect. And if you like the show, you can share it with all your friends and on social media. If you listen on Spotify, follow us. Or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice review. Doing any of these really helps the show reach more listeners. If you would like to get in contact with us, send an email to podcast at thewitheringeffect.com. Tweet us, leave a voice message, or join our Discord, where you can have a chat with everyone who works on the show and fellow listeners. All the links will be in the show notes. This show has been brought to you by Jimbo and myself and our lovely guest, Omni. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Omni. Let's not forget about our digital producer, Carl. He helps make sure the show ends up where it should be. And the amazing music you hear in the intro and the outro is created by the one and only Decoy. Everyone's social media info can be found down in the show notes. And as always, you guys have been awesome. Thank you so much for getting withered with us. You should probably go drink your milk now. Bye. See you guys. Bye.